8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. Just to pick up on some of the comments uh, that we had uh, from the previous discussion, because they're very related to what we're talking about now. Uh, Alex saying, Ashraf, the caller wanted to say we must apply compulsory votes. I don't think you can ever make it compulsory, honestly, like not giving people a chance to not vote. You have the right to vote. You also have the right not to vote. Uh, have and help if this generation is to come to rule. No discipline, no respect. They are destructive. No family structures comes from Enid. Uh, don't forget the, the prefrontal cortex of the brain where logic and understanding consequences is situated. Only mature in the mind to late tweeties from BM. Why vote? I'm not. I'm 72. Nothing has been achieved today. It's sick of the power mongering from Howick. Uh, there we are. Calling for a referendum for Brexit, failed leadership of democracy. South Africa, not a democracy now, but a demon crazy country, hellbound at the NC Satan, Reverend, from the Reverend. Okay. Does one need a strong middle class for democracy to work better? Extremes contribute to instability. That's an interesting. Certainly, we need the equality issue to be much, or the inequality to be narrow. I think that's a given. Ashraf, and your guess that is true that total democracy can't be in five years like Russian. Lenin failed and Stalin came nearly. We are on the right track. Was Tuma Mina from Alex. Okay. Evening Ashraf, while I agree that we had some difficulty in the past decade, but in South Africa, the racial economic imbalance that uh, makes things more difficult for effective democracy to me, white business is not eager to fully participate in empowering the black majority for the stability um, of our democracy comes from Sabello. Uh, there's another one. Democracy is working in South Africa compared to prior to 1994. However, political parties need to come up with clear-cut differences, policies, and the elected need to educate the constituencies to show democracy works. This democracy, that's from K. This democracy has been abused by those who fought for it from Veronica. Um, okay, there's a whole lot there. I'll try and pick out some tweets as well, but uh, continue tweeting because uh, I thought some really important points made by our guest. You may have agreed and some things disagreed with Olmo von uh, Mayenfeld, but either way, give me your opinion in terms of what he said from Democracy Works. Now, so that's the one part. The other part of democracy is um, political parties. And there's a big debate about what, 84, I understand, new political parties. Uh, one story says the IEC saying 563, you got that, 563 political parties currently are registered to participate in the upcoming election. 100 are represented in legislative bodies, 56 of them at national level. So either way, even if we said ultimately you may get 100 um, that are fully represented across the country, we do know of the spate of new political parties that have been formed recently. So here's the question. Uh, do, do we have too many political parties? You know, Is that a problem? Professor Susan Boyson is with me. She's the Director of Research at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. That's MISTRA, of course. Uh, Prof. Boyson, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Good to speak to you. Thank you. So here's the question. Too many political parties? Is that, well, maybe I should say with emphasis, are there too many political parties? Well, um, probably yes. But then uh, we, uh, small political parties lend such, so much color 
to democracy, to multi-party democracy. And it is kind of nice, on the other hand, for political parties and even their very small constituencies to know they can contest. It's a different question whether they're going to win mm. enough votes to get a seat, but they can contest for a place in Parliament. Few of these small and these new political parties have much hope that they will be a major political party. You know, the time where Cope broke away and there were great expectations at first. At the time, that moment, can I say, of breakaway, it was estimated that they could get 30-40% of the national vote. But as soon as the ANC started fighting back, it declined dramatically. So even if they ended up on an 8% of the national vote, that was one of the big split moments in South African politics. And that does not happen anymore. It is now small micro parties around the uh, resistance around Zuma leading politics has spawned quite a few of these small, mm. can I say, resistance parties. But, but let's look they, at the principle. I mean, so if, if mm. all these political parties, if you and I were to start a, an Ashraf and Susan political party, I mean, should should legislation stop us? Should we be should we be allowed to continue, even if we're rather foolhardy and foolish? That would actually, I think, be very suppressive of a diversity of opinion as long as it's within the broad ambit of moral and ethical acceptability and, yes, adhering to core values that are articulated, for example, in the Constitution. I think they really should be allowed to exist to form themselves. It is it's very inexpensive, only five hundred Rand to register a political party at national level in South Africa. It is much more expensive. We know it will be around six hundred and five thousand Rand to put in deposit money for political parties to contest both at national and at in at the level of the nine provincial legislatures. But but therefore but that should just think like why, why do they why do all these and I'm not talking about the COPE okay? I'm talking about you know all these other parties in the last few months, uh, Claudia Motsuaneng's party, the, <laughs> yeah. the ATM, like all, all these are basically one or two people running it, very confident they're going to do well. Why, why do you think they actually do participate? What, what do they see besides the the obvious one, which is we are here for democracy? But what, what do they see as a need? Why they should be forming political parties? Yeah, that bunch of political parties particularly, I think it's, it is part of a Zuma resistance pushback and it is nuisance value, disruptive value, this attempted discreditation of the other ANC, of the cleaner pro-Ramaphosa ANC, and try to disrupt that and bring home the message that Zuma is not out of politics. He is behind some of these parties, even if he obviously doesn't join and doesn't associate. So I really think these parties um, just flourish in that environment. And it is possible if your name appears on the ballot, if the party's name appears on the ballot, if if these parties make it through elections, it is possible that they could pick up a seat you need 0.25% 0.25% mm. of the national vote to get one seat in parliament. And it could be in crucial places. Let's say the ANC is pushed down to the only just outright majority level. Then these small voices can really turn out to be very disruptive. One or two seats in parliament. 
and merely by having a cool name with African and transformation or national and African and democratic in your name, as parties have learned from the AIC African Independent Congress, merely by being on the ballot with a name that sounds acceptable can garner quite a number of votes. And they can get much exposure. AIC has really been able to run on the Matatiele border dispute, for example, on Ikorolini, where they have seat or so in the new Metropolitan Council, given them an inordinate amount, disproportionate and inordinate amount of power. And of course, we must not forget that with the new Political Party Funding Act, which the Roman was assigned into law in January last month, but it will take a few months before that gets, in, gets implemented, there will be much favoring of small political parties through that legislation, much more equitable distribution of funds between political parties, not as proportional as in the past. And that is besides the fact that MPs, even as one or two per party, they earn a salary. They've got all kinds of travel benefits. There is a lot of money to be made out of a small amount of representation in Parliament. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's get a call. Um, uh, Imtandeki from Kronstadt, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, yes, sir. Good, e- good, good evening and good evening to the professor there. Thank you. Thanks good for evening. calling in. Yeah. The topic that you are having and uh, having hosted your guest has been an issue I wanted to raise. I wanted to follow up with Naya Swen. I want just to find out, given the flurry of these political parties that uh, are emerging, of course they are right. But the point I want to come to, if you go to the Bill of Rights, uh, if not all... Majority of them have been subject to Section 36 of the Constitution. That is limitation. But this right of freedom of association has not been really tested in terms of the extent of limits that may be necessary. I therefore want to find out whether whether this area from Professor is a no-no area uh, to be considered, or really something that may ha- may have to be thought about in future to find out whether indeed can the limits or perhaps up the level of qualification by these political parties, how famous they might be, whether it will be a necessary step in future. That's the point I'm interested to okay. find out. From That's the uh, right. Professor uh, Boyson, you got that? Yeah? Um, I got part of it. Please, can you just repeat the core of the question for me? All right, wait. That 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 call is that call is gone there. Uh, effectively, he's he's uh, saying that you know there should be a limit. If I can hear that line was not great, the limit or limitation in terms of how many of these parties participate. Uh, there needs mm-hmm. to be some checks mm-hmm. and balances on that. Otherwise, you just get a whole lot. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, right? Uh, yeah, it's something we've yeah. touched on. I mean, your your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I can't imagine by what kind of measure one would decide, yes, this is a kind of point for the number of parties. I think the fairly hefty deposits that are required for parties to participate does place a natural limit on who is going to go in and try to contest. So in that way, unfortunately, in terms of money, rather than ideas, 
there are, oh, there might be some ideas involved as well. Um, there, there are certain limits on it, and but it would be, um, it would, I think, be unacceptable, unfortunate, unacceptable to say yes, we have to limit. This is we've had our quota for this election. Let let the parties flourish. They can get the deposits if they remember, even if they just won, win one seat in Parliament, they get to retain their deposit. And otherwise, IEC will be using that money probably to good effect. Mm. I, I think the, the the broader question is, you know, you use the word disruption earlier. Now, in marketing speak, disruption is very disruption is very positive new way of thinking. But but in political party speak, I mean, is is disruption something that denies the other by the by the new parties by the smaller parties even one seat at a time? Does that effectively deny uh, the other parties their ability to assert themselves? And I'm talking about inevitably not the ruling party, but those that are the second and third because they tend to clip away at their percentages? Yes, it is in a way that then in our proportional representation system, nothing prevents a whole host of diverse parties, small parties, slightly bigger parties, to hang together, to band together, and to get a, a very strong vote on any any legislative or debate issue or to hold the ANC to accountable if they can get a majority or perhaps they constitute a majority should the ANC still be hard, below the 50% level. There is nothing that prevents cooperation between the parties. And this is also what we saw I mean, that's just a short year and a half or so ago when different opposition parties hung together with a few dissident MPs in ANC against Zuma and almost managed to lift him from the cushions. And that one vote, I believe it was around August 2016, 2017, in that whole period of mobilization. So there are many options how these parties can exercise their voice. And it's not, it doesn't detract from parliamentary procedures, legislatures, procedures, deliberations, and very exciting debates. Okay. And is there any last thoughts you'd like to leave us with something uh, that we can dwell on all throughout the night around smaller political parties? (laughs) I I, I think in general there is a lot that's positive to be said for them because they do give a lot of flavor uh, of multi-party democracy and all kinds of contests on big issues and minor issues. Very often they are opportunistic. But I think in they almost deserve a space in a current conjuncture where citizens and voters have lost so much trust in the major political parties, where the ANC, for example, might still do very well in this election, but not necessarily because people have great trust in this entity, but because they have even less trust or almost equally a little trust in the opposition parties in the main opposition parties. And in this kind of context, many voters may actually choose to support one of the sometimes ridiculous little parties just in order to show that they are still participating and voting in elections and not spoiling the ballots or abstaining. So this might be the time for the small political parties, but 
I don't think that that will be a major trend. Okay, got that. Thank you for your time. As always, Professor Susan Boyson, Director of Research at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. Invaluable thoughts coming from you. We'll get another take on this uh, with uh, Professor Sipo Siepe as well on, again, these small parties and, uh, and are there too many? going into this 2019 election. Your viewpoint, of course, does matter. Join in on air, 891 And you can tweet, hashtag SFM Viewpoint when you do that. Take me, Ashraf Ghanda, take SFM Radio. And voice notes are also welcome, 0614-104-107. Maximum 30 seconds, otherwise we can't play them. And uh, SMS is 40938. Do we have far too many political parties for our own good? You tell me. Not sure what to do on Friday nights? SABC3 brings you great Friday night movies this February. On 1 Feb at 10.30pm, join us for Fatal Memories. Then on 8 February at 9.30pm, join us for Buried Secrets. On 15 February at 9.30pm, cuddle up on the couch for Barefoot. And then on 22 February at 9.30pm, we end February Friday nights with City of God. The best Friday night movies with SABC3. Hey, sweetie. What's wrong, love? Our relationship has not been the best recently, Tamba. And it needs some spicing up. I'm aware, my love. That's why I have booked an appointment at Men's Clinic International. <laughs> oh, thank you, my babe. Women love a man who puts their needs first. Thank you, baby. Men's Clinic International. For help with your relationship difficulties. SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574. Keys and C's apply. SMSs cost one red. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. All right, so that's one take on whether we have far too many uh, political parties. Let's get another take, but you certainly can join in as well and, and uh, agree, disagree, engage, share your viewpoint. It is the show is called The Viewpoint, and that alone should define exactly your role and our roles in this discussion. But okay, let's get the thoughts of Professor Sipo Siepe as well. Good chatting to you, and thanks for your time. Thank you for inviting me. A pleasure. Right. So the question you've been asking, are there too many political parties in South Africa? Your thoughts? Well, uh, Ashraf, what we need to do is to start with our constitution. We stand off to the idea of a multi-party democracy. And you could actually say the effect that you are having a mushroom of parties could be an achievement of uh, that which... Uh, the ANC sought to achieve when it says uh, we are looking forward to a multi-party democracy that uh, may be uh, prosperous, non-racial. But it is one thing that we've achieved is the multi-partism in our democracy. Uh, what one would hope is that uh, that multi-partism will also lead to multi-perspectives around the resolution of issues. So you could say it is the measure of success of the ANC but it's also a measure of failure of the idea of the broad church. Uh, what is happening is that if you look at most of the parties that have emerged, these are offshoots of the ANC, some strands of the ANC that formed what you call the broad church. So you could actually say in, in the absence of something that is unifying, these various strands are actually putting that uh, we have walked so far now it's about time that we take our 
route and start fashioning mm. the politics differently from the concept of the liberation movement. All right, so I, I, think we, I think well said about the need to, to broaden participation, and you're quite right. That's certainly the case in South Africa. I don't think we want to deny anybody the right to want to participate. But is the threshold then for political parties to get into parliament too low? I think, what, 250,000 votes gets you one seat, approximately, <laughs> depending on the total vote? I think that uh, is something that we may have to talk about. But I'm quite convinced that even if you to increase the threshold, the mere fact that uh, you have the crumbling of the broad church into various strands, you might end up with parties where there might be one person representing a party or two persons representing the party, and there may, there may be too many. But I do think that uh, part of maturing is for parties to begin to realize that uh, as distinct and separate and uh, many parties, they, they will have less impact. And they may start now talking seriously about uh, their ideologies because for too long, the ideology has always been for uh, uh, liberation and those that they want to sustain the status quo. So it has always been almost bipartisan at the level of thought. But now there is a sophistication that is actually taking place. We might actually start seeing experimentation. I mean, even the so-called coalition between the DA and the, and the EFF, it was not a coalition based on uh, the ideology. It was uh, driven more by pragmatism, that first we want to get into power. And secondly, they could agree on the real challenges, that the challenge were poverty, was, where unemployment was dealing with corruption and all that. And if you look at all those, all parties, would agree, irrespective of their ideological strengths. But the, in terms of uh, fashioning policy, that is where the, the, what we see as mushrooming is in the temporary phase. It will come to where there will be a far greater co- coalescence. So my sense is that let us let uh, the, the multi-partisan, uh, uh, what you call mature, and in itself it might move to a steady state where there might be where small parties might see that they have more in common than going it alone. At the moment, even the small parties tend to be driven by individuals mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, groupings. And in time, that, as I say, is a temporary phase. And, and, and when you say in time, how, how much, how long before these small parties will realize it's great to get into parliament, but in fact they can't truly effect change unless they start collaborating, and the word collaboration could mean coalition with other parties? Well, we're beginning to see it. Uh, if you see what has happened in Nelson Mandela, you see what happened in Swane and in Gauteng and in other spaces. You see the maturing of uh, people saying, we may disagree ideologically, but uh, if we're going to address the challenges of this country, those challenges uh, all uh, converge towards uh, a few things. And if you pay attention to only those things, you might actually find that the, the ideologies uh, begin to take a... Uh, uh, you know, t- uh, get removed in terms of engagement. I mean, I know, for instance, the EFF was always saying we may not be in coalition or we may have given votes to this, but what we're interested in is how the budgeting process is going to be done so that the, the budgeting is going to be more towards pro poor. So those are, would be more realistic and pra- pragmatic approach to politics. And it is that which is going to start na- narrowing uh, this mushrooming to people saying, because our people, when they vote, they are not interested in uh, the, uh, these uh, ideologies. They are interested in a better life for, the, for okay. their kids and for themselves. Lots of so, people, yeah. Sorry, carry on. So you want all to those things are, are things that ultimately will be um, 
decide, deciding the fate of many parties. And even when you look at the manifestos, the manifestos are beginning to speak the same language because ultimately the challenges of people are the same challenges, even irrespective of whichever lens you're using. Okay. Let's get, let's get some calls. There's a range of people who want to engage with you. So if you get on short, sharp, to the point, please. Sean in Joburg, go ahead. Hello. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Good yeah. evening indeed. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, like I just wanted to, to comment about uh, these too many parties. Yeah. They are useless to have so many parties, especially the small ones. For me, I just feel like uh, those leaders are just hungry for power. Why they don't go to... At least there are opposition parties like the DA, which are big. If they can just go and merge with that party. But if they don't agree with their policies, how do they do that? Got that. Thank you for for your call, Sean. Uh, Salo, Joburg, you're on the air. Hello. Ah, Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm good indeed. Give me your viewpoint. Yeah, I never, also for me, I think um, so much, um, I, I agree with the first caller. Um, I think this political party is driven by people who are just angry for power. And as such, I think going forward, we're not going to see the fitness, and I don't think it's going to work. So for me, I think if ever they merge, they come up with terms, they sit down, they agree on certain policies, and then they merge, and then going forward, I think that's where they're going to bring the ANC um, to more or less a uh, vote. But for now, I think um, they're just there for. Okay, interesting. Hungry for power, says Salo. Right. Uh, let's get another one uh, in Kumisa from uh, Campton Park. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, thank you. How are you? I'm great indeed. Your viewpoint? Uh, yes. Well, honestly, I think that there are too many parties, especially the small ones. For me, it was hands down when I just had that whole shouting planning formed a party and then I was like, no. I don't know whether is it a way of getting a quick buck. They've realized that it's going into politics. I do not understand what's happening really. Okay, and that's still your view. You don't quite understand. You don't You don't quite get it, right? I, I don't get it at all. Okay, nice one there. Let's get another call. Lerato from Dembisa. Hi, Lerato. Okay. Lerato, hello. Lerato, do I have you there? How are you? I'm very good indeed. Right. Loud cheer for you. Go ahead. What's your thoughts? Do we have too many political parties? Way too many unnecessarily so. Because I I really think I don't see the need for all this over 200 lot of names down there. I just see it as a get-rich-quick scheme kind of a thing. Because they have seen it happen that when you're in politics, you have this kind of power to get some sort of funds that ordinary person cannot get outside of parliament. Okay, get rich quick scheme. Thanks for that call, Larato. Uh, Junior on the line. Hello. Hi, how's it, man? Good indeed. What do you, what do you think of what do you think of junior parties? <laughs> there we are. Too ah, many. Parties, they, they are like they are like churches. You know, they, have you seen that uh, there are so many churches in South Africa, but they are playing one uh, one court, yeah. Mm-hmm. And political parties are like that. Uh, they are all just looking for the same voter. And I think these new ones that are coming up now, I, they should uh, shouldn't have they shouldn't have been allowed to 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 participate in the elections. We've got too many, and they are confusing us. We, even if they are policies or their manifestos, others are like the same thing. You read their, their manifestos, but. There's five or ten parties are, are, are telling us the same thing. Okay, well, so I'll tell you what. No use. But thanks for that call. Based on, on the, this very quick poll, 
doesn't look like any of the people here are going to vote for small political parties. If I asked you this question, I'd probably have to put it on Twitter. Would you vote for one of the smaller political parties, less than 5% uh, and the new ones on the block? I wonder what you may say. Professor uh, Siposiepe, you, you pick up some of the comments from the guests, from the callers? A good one is uh, democracy is an experiment and our people are sufficiently sophisticated. Even those people who start parties, they end up having followers. But they ultimately, the, the voter is going to be able to make a decision. So for as long as the voter votes for small parties, what it means that uh, we are still in the, state, in the face of experimenting, and there are people who are supporting that. But the, when the post comes, if the voter is of the view that there are too many, what is going to happen is that the voters are not going to consider the Jimmy come lately uh, not uh, talking about the Janelle, but the, the Johnny Kamlik, mm, I should mm. say that. And uh, we've seen also that when people are power hungry, uh, you saw what happened to uh, COPE, that in the end, the, the exuberance and excitement around COPE fizzled immediately when it became very clear that those who did it are not able to speak to issues of principle. They, it became more an issue of the past rather right, than the concerns of the people. And I think all these other small parties, the risk going the same way unless they can actually show that it will be very different. You've seen people have always said that, that the offshoots from the ANC don't survive. You see what happened to PAC. But we also have the EFF, which is still standing, which still uh, is able to mm. uh, push uh, above its Well, I suppose the EFF is the one it. shining example, isn't it, of a, of a fairly new party that has, that has made an immediate impact. But many of the others, uh, you know, before the EFF and even sun, since then, uh, have not really made any impact, isn't it? Yeah, well, the difference between the EFF and the other parties is that they like COPE. They try to be more like the ANC. Actually, they even went to the claiming that they, they are custodian of the traditions of the ANC. EFF simply said, we want to thank the ANC for bringing democracy, but we do not think that the ANC is capable of taking us to the next phase of uh, democracy, which is really economic freedom. So they define themselves completely outside the ANC. And uh, even though they may have been offshoots of the ANC, they were wise enough to say, let us try to be different, not to try to say the current leadership of the ANC has betrayed the course. Uh, simply to say we're starting a new party with the new outlooks that will have its own uh, uh, ideology. Whether they stick to that is something else. But what is true is that they try to be as distinct uh, from the ANC, not try to be a carbon copy of the ANC. Mm. Just last thought, any other countries, I mean, what's the, you know, are there other countries that have a similar issue like ours? You know, many, many, many parties? Well, I mean, if you look at the, the U.S., it started that way. It started with many parties. And uh, in time, uh, you started seeing people coalescing to the what you may call the, uh, a broad stream of thought and say that would then become almost an ideological posture. You go to the U.K., they also have smaller parties at the local level. But uh, at the high level, you find that they, you have many three parties. So you may have mushrooming of small parties, but in the long run, that experiment does uh, make people to say what are areas of convergence so that we can have far greater Mm, mm, impact. mm. But uh, as a solo individual, the impact is almost 
negligible. Okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you for your thoughts. Certainly, lots of food for thought there, Professor Sipo Siepe. Appreciate uh, you contributing uh, tonight. Uh, we'll see what happens. Here's a question to all of you: Would you vote for one of the smaller parties? Tell me why. You can't call in. You can SMS four zero nine three eight. You can probably even tweet me right away. Hashtag SAFM viewpoint. Will you vote for one of the smaller parties? Yes, no. Let's talk innovation in a moment.